Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, God is good. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's good to be in God's house with you guys this morning. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for the opportunity. If I haven't met you, um, I, my name is Tommy Spencer. It's my privilege to be the family pastor now and just get to love on adults and different ones in our family um, here at the church. I'm excited about what God has done, is doing, is going to continue to do. Um, anybody thankful for our pastor in this series we just came out of, Prune and Bloom? Can we thank him for this series? And I tell you, it's, it's been a, a, a series because, you know, when you think about pruning and cutting, those things sometimes are not the easiest of things. And he finished that last weekend, and he, he, you heard him say this uh, phrase many times, let the redeemed say so. Well, here's what's interesting. When he asked me to preach about a month ago, the Lord put that phrase in my heart for today. I didn't know how he was going to end his series. Melissa can tell you even I texted her that like a week before I heard him preach that. So how many of you know if God has something to say and wants to say it again, I might want to pay a little bit of attention, amen? So let the redeemed say so. We're going to talk about that. And I think it, I didn't share this in the first service, but I had this image, Pastor. If there's some pruning and blooming that's going on, watch so some seeds went in the ground. There's been some tilling. There's all that process. This tree's grown up. We're gonna cut out this and prune this. All for the purpose, what? So a harvest can what? Be reaped. That we can enjoy the fruits of what? Our labor. How many of you know that God is in the business of blessing us and as we walk in that, we get to do what? Bless others. So I heard this phrase. What happens when it's time to reap but we don't share. What happens to fruit that stays on the tree and is not harvested? What happens with things that stay in the field never to be gathered? Do you have the image? That was what meant to be that which was meant to be reaped if not shared, well what? It'll rot. What am I saying? What I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to us, this series, man, praise the Lord that God's love for us has been poured out for the process of some pruning so there could be some blooming so that what? That that which is reaped can now be what? Shared. Somebody say, let the redeemed say so. I don't know if somebody's tracking with me this morning, but the love of God wasn't meant for me just to be received. It was meant for me to be shared. The joy of God wasn't just meant for me to be received in just a moment. It was meant for me to be washed in, bathed in, clothed in, celebrated in. Why? So that it can be shared. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna make a testimony this morning. I'm not gonna just go through the pruning and the cutting so that the reaping will come, so I stop short of that so someone misses out of the harvest of me being a part of the redeemed that what gets to say so. 
I'm tired of things rotting on my vine when someone's been put in my place that when they spent time with me, they need to encounter Jesus. Come on, somebody. How many know there's a message gonna be shared today, but what I'm looking at is 250 plus in this room, and how many know that you're gonna come across people this week, they're not gonna hear this message. Some of you, you've always, you've, you've done this before. You're like, I wish they would have been here to hear this. Well, I got good news for you. You're hearing it. Let the Holy Spirit seal it in you, and then you take this message to them so they can hear it too. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I love that we get to be the sons and daughters of God, and if you don't know what else to do, just brag on your dad, because who here can testify he is good and faithful, amen? I wanna show you in Psalm 107, here's where we get this expression. Uh, my son-in-law, Josh, is gonna come share in a little bit, and he'll share a little bit of a testimony about this verse as well, but Psalm 107, verses one and two, here's what it says in this season of Thanksgiving. Here's how we give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, say so. Those who've been redeemed from the hand of the foe, is anybody thankful for salvation this morning? Come on, yeah, we can celebrate that. No, if we're gonna celebrate it, is anybody thankful for salvation this morning? Like for real. I once was lost, but I've been found. I once was blind, but now I see. Maybe we gotta start preaching to our own soul. Because the last time I read the word, the hope of glory, his name is Jesus, lives in you and lives in me by way of the Holy Spirit. So if I get discouraged, I get downtrodden, I get depressed, let the redeem of the Lord, maybe where I need to start is saying so to my own spirit. We got any preachers to their own soul out here? Do you know why the enemy comes after you so hard? Because he doesn't want you to testify to what? The goodness and faithfulness of God. Let the redeem say so. My daughter, JC, and her friend Paige, when they were seven or eight years old, I walked in on them, and they had, man, they had their podium. This was in Vernon, Texas. I was a pastor of my home church there at the time. They had their podium. They had their Bible open. They had every stuffed animal and doll out in front of them, and they were preaching the love of God. And then there was a baptism service. I know they're gonna be in heaven one day. What were they doing? They were the redeemed, and they were saying so. Can I just tell you, little eyes and little ears are watching, and it's in them to get there, get outside these walls to share the love of God, the power of God, the peace of God. Moms and dads, if you need to reconnect with the hearts of your sons and daughters, ask God who you can bless, and then take a step of faith, and let's let the redeemed say so. Isn't that what God intended for families? You know why we end up being our own worst demise? Because that which God put inside of us wasn't made to stay inside. It's got to get out. The last time I checked, the gospel spelt with G-O, G-O-S-P-L. And you know what? Look at somebody and say, that's still good news, by the way. Don't you know some people who need some good news? Then why are you keeping it to yourself? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You're gonna come across somebody this week. Guess what? They're gonna need a good report. You got it. His name is Jesus. So let us take this 
series of pruning and cutting that's been made to bloom. And here's what it looks like in Isaiah 53. Watch this. You can see it. I think the words will be here. But Isaiah 53.10 gives us the picture of the coming Messiah. And he was the lamb crucified from the beginning of time because he knew that we would need a Savior Isaiah 53 verse 10 says, yet it was the Lord's will to crush Jesus and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. Come on, that's me and you as sons and daughters. If you said yes to Jesus and prolong his days, his days are being prolonged through the sons and daughters of God who are being revealed and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. The kingdom of heaven is prospering. How? Through sons and daughters of God. And look at verse 11. After the suffering of the soul of Jesus, he's going to see his light in your life, my life, and he's going to be satisfied. Is anybody wanting to satisfy Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning? Well, he's the light of the world. Last time I read the word, he also says, and you're the light. A city on the hill, what, cannot be hidden. It's time, watch this, Christians stop being silent. This is a season where let us not be muzzled, but let us find our roar. It's the king of Judah. If anybody's got something to say in this day and time, let me be the one who says it because he's already spoken it. He's the great I am, amen? And no one's looking for your opinion and no one's looking for my opinion. So I got good news for you. We got the word of God. His name is Jesus, the word made flesh. I don't have to make it up. I get to live it out. I pray someone encounters Jesus this week because you were willing to take a step of faith. How many of you know when the Holy Spirit's moving your heart to to bless someone, encourage someone, pray for someone? How many of you know when you're being moved by the Holy Spirit and it's in that moment, you're doing everything you can to talk yourself out about, that must have been bad pizza, all right? I didn't sleep enough, all right? Isn't that crazy how there's this overwhelming fear that comes over us? Can I just tell you, if God moves your heart, he'll finish the work. You just gotta take a step of faith. He's just looking for a willing vessel. Is there any redeemed among us, bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus, that you're just willing to say so this week and watch how the love and the the joy and the peace and the healing and salvation gets poured out on someone else? So watch, they can say yes to. Anybody thankful that somebody's shared the love of Jesus with you? Can we pay that forward? If you're looking for a purpose in 2021 as you end it, going into 2022, let us be a house that tells somebody about Jesus. Let our marriage be the very thing that God designed it to be, that the Father, Son, and Spirit would always be one so that in our covenant here on earth, that's why the enemy attacks it, someone would look at your marriage and go, I want what they have, and we can say, you can have it, his name is Jesus, and you can be in covenant with him too. That's the ultimate covenant. In my family, I pray people see the love of Jesus, the peace of Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Here's some scriptures that talk about this. Isaiah chapter 50, verse four. My wife is a praying wife, and I'm so thankful. This is a verse she prays for me often. It says, let me waken morning by morning, listening like one being taught so I can have an instructed tongue so that when I come across someone who's weary, I can sustain them with Jesus's words. Isn't that good news? 
I get to wake up in the morning. I get to go, God, thank you so much that you are a good, good father. And I get to listen as your son who gets to hear your words of life. And as you fill my heart, you're gonna give me instructed tongue so that when I come across someone in need, guess what? They're gonna receive his words, not mine. And last time I checked, God fulfills his words. He loves to perform his promises. Why? Because Jesus gave his life for him. Who do you know this week that you can be a part of the redeemed, the saved, and you can share your testimony with? Matthew 10, 27 says, that which I whisper in your ear, Jesus says as he sends, the, the, uh, sends them out in twos, he says, shout it from the rooftop. I don't know about you, but maybe you just need to get up somewhere and just begin to declare, let me tell you what my God did for me. And do it with gentleness and respect. Your testimony is powerful. Luke 6, 45 says, out of the overflow of my heart, that which God puts in me, my mouth speaks. In that Matthew 10, it also says the disciples are like, well, what are we supposed to say when we get there? And he says, when you get there, open up your mouth and I'll give you the words. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? That's why it's called faith. And that's why the enemy's using fear because it's not about you. It's about you trusting a good, good father. And if you'll position yourself there, he'll put his words there and someone else is gonna be encountered just like you have been. Is anybody excited to be saved this morning? Come on, tell your face, all right, here we go. Like look at somebody and just say, I am thankful for Jesus. Sometimes we gotta just start there. You know why the enemy comes after us so hard? Because if he can get you discouraged, the last thing you're gonna do is testify to his goodness. If he can get you convinced that you're gonna stay depressed, the last thing you're gonna do is say so to someone else. I just wanna say to you, in the Psalms, if you just read them again, many times David was downcast and he was discouraged. And guess what he did? He preached to his own soul. If you're a part of the redeemed, then tell yourself, remind yourself. And then out of the overflow of that, Share someone, even through your trials, through your difficulties. Can I just tell you, if everything was going perfect, a lost world's not gonna look at you sometimes and, and, and see that testimony. But man, when things are going hard, and I bet there's a few who could testify, and the world, the lost world looks and sees how you're still trusting God, you're still being faithful, you're still testifying to his faithfulness, a lost world look in on that and go, how are you doing that when all that's still going on? Well, I can just tell you, I'm not doing it. I'm trusting Christ, and he's doing it through me by way of the Holy Spirit, amen? Stop letting your struggles work against you. It was the suffering of Jesus that led to the resurrection. Maybe your current suffering, someone needs to see the resurrection so they'll see Jesus too. Can we stop letting the enemy use our ugly against us and be reminded it was the blood of Jesus who bought and purchased me as I was? He says, just come. And then I will clean you up and watch this for the purpose to send you out so someone will see what I've done and they can encounter me too. 1 Peter 3, 15, well, actually Acts 4, 20, Peter and John make this testimony. The same Peter who denied Jesus not long before this, Peter and John say this, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. Come on, somebody. 
1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus and do it with gentleness and respect. James 5.20, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's what you have inside of you. Is anybody here willing to let your mouth open, let his words come out, let the redeemed say so, so a sinner who was lost going to hell can be saved so now that his name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This isn't hard. This isn't hard. We gotta just find ourselves listening like one being taught so he gives me an instructed tongue to know his word to help sustain the weary so when I encounter someone in need of Jesus, I can tell them I got good news for you. What he did for me, he'll do for you. That's how good our God is. One of my favorite things to do as a student pastor for 30 plus years was to take students outside the walls. Probably my first 15 years, I made a big mistake. I just let the ones who came in the walls and I just taught them there and I missed out on the opportunity of the gospel to go. And I remember the Lord saying, Tommy, if you wanna see these students' faith begin to grow, you gotta create space to get them outside the walls and bless people and walk by faith. And so we would just put a card in their hand and I would just say, hey, write down a scripture or truth that God's encouraged you with that you wanna bless someone else with and then we're gonna let the Holy Spirit lead us to people who need an encounter with God. Let the redeemed say so. And I could tell you testimony after testimony. Here's just a few this morning. This one, a few years ago, we took this group of kids into this Walmart and I got this letter back in the mail in the church from this woman. It says, on November 2nd in the evening, I was at a Walmart on Grand getting groceries. I was approached by four young men. One of the young men asked me if I would mind if he prayed over me. I was thrilled and asked him to focus the prayer on my marriage. He said a very heartfelt, meaningful prayer. And then one of the young men asked me if I, could, uh, if I wanted his card with a scripture on it. And I took it and it encouraged me. I was very touched by the politeness and overall Christian approach these young men displayed. Listen, I am 50 years old and I've never had a young group of men approach me like they did. These young men could have been doing a variety of things with their time on a Wednesday evening, but they chose to reach out and carry out the Great Commission. Let the redeemed say so, amen? Let the redeemed say so. I can remember taking a group from this church just a couple years ago, and we just asked the Holy Spirit, God, who's someone that you want to bless? And we just saw an image of the Buffalo Wild Wings, and then we knew we weren't to go in there and let that waiter wait on us. It ended up being a young man. We were to go in, and we were to take up the money that we had in our pocket, and as that waiter came over to give us our water, we took that 50-plus dollars, and we looked at that waiter in the eyes, and we said, we didn't come so you could serve us. We came so that the Lord could serve and bless you. And with big tears in his eyes, he began to share his story about how he had just moved back and he was taking care of his grandmother and he had just prayed that morning, God, would you help meet this need? And here are these three teenagers myself are sitting at his table. Does anybody believe that's a coincidence? No, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We gotta be just willing to go. I can remember another group one time. I'm on my way out here on a Sunday night and I'm already asking the Lord, where should we go? And I get a text from a parent 
that uh, from a former church I was in and just said, man, my teenage daughter's just upside down when you pray. And I knew immediately this was not a coincidence. I was supposed to take the group of kids that was gonna be with me and we were supposed to go that night into their home. And so I just texted back and said, hey, can I bring some teenagers that they could prophesy over your daughter and pray for for them. And that's what we did. We went in. This teenage girl who would not come out because, you know, it was kind of one of those situations where she had heard all the adult stuff, but now she looked out, saw three other teenagers. She came into that room. Our teenagers, filled with the Holy Spirit, began to hear God's heart for her. The healing and the breakthrough came in that moment, and they got their daughter back that night. Why? Because the redeemed were willing to go say so. Do you know this is what you carry? We just gotta be willing to go. I can remember one time taking one of our young men who needed uh, 24-7 care, and so Rocia was his nurse, and so she would come to youth, and so she was with us as we went into the Walmart, and this young man had a hard time communicating um, just some things, but how many you know the love of God can always be communicated? He had written down how God had done a miracle in his life. He shared it with this young man. He got to pray for him, and I knew I had a word for someone, but I wasn't sure who it was, and then I came outside, and I knew in my spirit that moment, that word was for the nurse. And that night, outside Walmart, as she saw the love of God come through the young man she was caring for on this other man, Rosia gave her heart to Jesus. And three months later, she went on the mission trip with us to Mexico. And guess what? We needed an interpreter. And now she's sharing the love of God in Mexico as a born-again believer. Why? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I can remember some of our kids just being moved for the homeless in our area, and so I just began to ask them. I said, what, what should we do? And one of the girls said this. I'll never forget. She said, I bet they haven't had the Lord's Supper in a long time, and we just got some elements, the body and the blood of Jesus, and we went and found. There were about 20 of them there in this, this gathering, and these teenagers just said, we wanted to bring to you the sacrifice of Jesus, the love of God, and the tears that began to come. And then we heard their stories. They said, we haven't been able to do this in a long time because we didn't feel like we could go into a church to have the Lord's Supper. But God moved the hearts of those teenagers. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I took um, another group one time and I needed some more adults to help get the kids there. And I wouldn't give the adults a free pass, by the way, all right? I think we're gonna start doing this on some pill bar nights, just where we go. And I just said, you write down your card too. And he got back to the youth room that night and he said he didn't find his person. He was a little discouraged. And I said, but that means that someone you're fixing to encounter is gonna need that encouragement. Because how many know there's not an expiration date on God's word? He went and got gas after that meeting that night and God moved his heart for the person right next to him and it was a young man. He gave him that encouragement of life, value, and worth and the young man looked at him and said, I've been contemplating taking my own life but this encounter reminded me of the love of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How many of you know that we got a good, good father and you're gonna encounter people this week Will you just let God move your heart toward them and then take a step of faith and then just get a front row seat to watch the kingdom of heaven come over them? Why? Because you've been given the keys to lose what's been loosed and to bind what's been bound so that Jesus will be glorified. I'm gonna invite my son-in-law, Josh, you come up. Josh, he's um, from London. Some of you have got a chance to be around him, but this is a redeemed son of God. I'm so proud of both my son-in-laws. And I just wanted him to give a testimony this morning of how he's living out his say-so. Love you, bro. Well, what a privilege it is to have family who love Jesus, to get to 
share a stage with my father-in-law. Back where I'm from, we make a lot of jokes about parents-in-law and trying to avoid them and things like that. Uh, Somehow I ended up preaching with my parents-in-law, which I'm very, very happy about. But it is so great to be here, here in Bushland with everybody here. Um, It's a real honor. And it's if you told me as a child that I'll be spending a season of my life out in West Texas, um, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And I probably also wouldn't have believed how true the stereotypes are, are about Texas to someone who grew up in a city like London. I have a big smile on my face when I walk in a gas station and I see people wearing a cowboy hat and wearing the boots. And then I go outside and then there's just a a ton of trucks everywhere. I'm like, man, it's everything I dreamed it to be. (laughs) But there is one part of Texas living that I was not anticipating and that hit me like a ton of bricks, which is mountain oysters. Mountain oysters, I'd, uh, yeah, calf fries, I think some people call them. I'd never heard of this. I lived a sheltered life. Uh, I'd never heard of these things. And um, the first time I came to Texas, uh, I, I came here and um, the, my first day in Amarillo, I'd set it up that I would, I'd ask Tommy if we could go out to lunch together. My plan was to ask for Paige's hand in marriage from him. I think Paige knew what I was doing. He knew what I was doing. Everyone knew what I was doing. So Tommy didn't make it too easy for me. He sat down at the table. He took me to the big Texan. He said, this is where you need to come and eat if you're in Texas, the big Texan. And he sat down and he said, hey, I'm going to order like an appetizer. I want you to try them. It's called mountain oysters. And I thought to myself, I'm really not a seafood guy. Like, (laughs) I don't like seafood. I can just about manage a fish finger if I have to, but there's no way I'm going to sit here in front of my future, potential future father-in-law and, uh, and, you know, turn down his hospitality of some, of some seafood. I'll take the L. I'll take the loss and I'll, I'll gain the bride, hopefully, in this. So they came, I ate them, and I politely said, mmm, yeah, very good, delicious. Um, and then Tommy explained to me what they were, and I knew at that point not to trust him again. <laughs> uh, But um, I love Texas and uh, I love getting to be here. And uh, if you were to ask me uh, why as a Londoner, as a a city boy, I'm living out here in this time, my honest answer would be, and this sounds cheesy given the topic of our sermon here, but the reason I'm here is to say so. The reason I'm here is to do my bit and to speak up of the goodness of God and of the particular things that he's done in my life. So basically, whoever will listen to me really. And uh, while we're on the subject of being honest and and sharing intentions like that, the first time that I heard this scripture, well, many times that I heard this scripture, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, I didn't have a clue what it meant. I was like, I don't know, the English just didn't translate to me. I was like, say what? What are we saying so about? There's even a song that we used to sing at my church that we sang about it, and I just let it go, let it go, keep going, whatever. Then I decided to look up what this scripture was in a few different translations. And I read the NIV, which said, Let the redeemed of the Lord share their story. I said, at last, I know what this means, and I know I have a story to share. In fact, if you look up this scripture in the New Living Translation, it puts it this way. It says, are you redeemed? Question mark. Then speak out. I love that version because I'm like, I can answer that question. I am redeemed, and I am going to speak out. What I love about that particular translation is the question that it asks. It doesn't say, are you talented? It doesn't say, are you a gifted communicator? It doesn't say, are you intelligent? It doesn't say, are you popular? It says, are you redeemed? And it's my belief that if you're sat in this room today and you've given your life to Jesus, then we are all one in this category of the redeemed. We are the redeemed. And what I want us to really be able to come away from this morning 
from what Tommy shared, from what Paxton shared, and from what everyone's bringing to the table, is that we don't need to lack confidence in our story. We don't need to wish for an extreme story that looks like a Hollywood blockbuster because the confidence in our story doesn't come from who's telling it. It comes from who the story is about. It's the Redeemer. We are the redeemed because he is the Redeemer. Jesus, the Redeemer, is the common denominator in all of our lives. We may be from different parts of the world, but I'll tell you, I feel like family here. I, I haven't needed much time to settle in because I feel like I'm in the presence of family because we share a father, we share a redeemer. And I wanna tell you that my story is not as extreme and as exciting as you know a, a, a ruptured appendix like my wife had. It's not a story of deliverance from drug addiction or you know, you might look at me and think, man, that guy, Josh, he's definitely been in some gangs. He's, that's a guy who's lived. He's lived a real life. You, you know, you can just tell sometimes. That's not me. That isn't me, believe it or not. I have a different story like that. But story is a very, very powerful medium. It's so powerful that it, I believe it was Jesus's primary way of communicating to people. Whether it was through the parables, which he crafted to explain what the kingdom of God looked like, through these stories, which he delivered to people, or whether it's the stories of the disciples and the Pharisees and the different people who responded and reacted to Jesus, through looking at their stories and looking how they interacted with Jesus, we discover what Jesus is like. We discover what God is like through the story of Jesus's life, through his actions, through the way he did things. And it's, you know, it should be no surprise to us that Hollywood is one of the most powerful institutions in our world because it is the storytelling platform of our generation. You know, I think governments, uh, they, I think they tremble at the thought of a popular singer releasing a song that speaks out against them. Because when you communicate through story, when you communicate through song and rhythm and through visuals like that, man, it is powerful. If I needed to convince you in any other way, all I need to do is tell you about how powerful the country music scene is. Another stereotype which I've enjoyed heavily since coming to Texas is getting into the car, turning on the radio and listening to, I think it's 97.1, The Bull. That is my favorite station because I love listening to the songs because none of the songs are boring. They're all stories. It's always about a guy who's got an emotional attachment to his truck and someone's always pouring sugar into a cup and they somehow, they always manage to mention country music in country music songs. Have you ever noticed that? Everybody's singing about country music in country music. I think it's like a little inside thing they have to keep it popular. They're like, keep mentioning it, keep mentioning it. But anyway, it's stories and we turn it on again and again and again and we love to listen to it. It's powerful and we need to have confidence that our story, whether it's explosions and gangs or faithfulness to Jesus or making a small decision to do the right thing or sticking with your family in the right way or choosing not to take part in something that you know is wrong at work or at school, I want you to know that that's powerful because you're testifying about a redeemer who has been redeeming people for thousands of years. Do you not think it's crazy that we're sat in this room this morning? 2,000 years of a giant game of telephone has been taking place where we've been telling stories about this man, Jesus, where we've been telling stories about his goodness and somehow it made it to our ears and somehow we've ended up here as part of the redeemed today. They didn't have no worldwide web to help them do that. They didn't have any cameras to help them do that. They passed it on faithfully, telling the story of Jesus. I love that. I'm bunny training a little bit here, but I always think when you look at the year, I mean, it's 2021. 
Do you guys know what happened 2,021 years ago? That's when Jesus entered the scene. The clocks restarted when Jesus came because it was an event so significant, there was no point defining the world to be in the same period before and after he came. That is testament to the goodness and the power of our God and the power of his story. And I want you to know you're involved too. The reason he wants to use you in his story and in for your story is because Jesus loves to use us. God takes pride in seeing his children come and share of his goodness. We know he could have sent the angels to do a better job. We know they're much more efficient. I mean, have you noticed when it's a really important job, God sends an angel in like, you know, he didn't ask a person to tell the Virgin Mary just to let you know, you know, you're gonna become pregnant with the savior of the world. He sent an angel for that one, but for everything else, he trusts us with that. The same way that Tommy, my father-in-law, wants to share this time with me is because he takes pride in seeing his son, he takes pride in seeing his family do what they're supposed to do. He wants you to do this. God is running a family business and your place in this business is secure, not because of how good you are, but because of who you are, because you're the redeemed. So thinking about my actual story, thinking about why I want to share what God's done in my life, I uh, was a quiet kid. I came from the other side of the world. I was in a family where my parents ended up becoming the pastors of a church. Um, I'm the eldest of two brothers. And by far, I was the quietest of the two brothers. I would very happily let my younger brother, you know, I don't mind if he does the speaking. I don't mind if he takes the spotlight. I don't mind sitting on the substitution bench or whatever in a a game of soccer or something like that. I don't mind other people doing their thing. I, I was just happy to keep myself to myself. And I think a lot of people in Western society value this, that keeping yourself to yourself is something to be admired. It's something to be honored. It's something to be looked up to. And it's definitely something that's very apparent in the UK where I live. And I was happy to do this. If someone asked me about my faith, sure, I would tell them about it. But I wasn't going out of my way to get there. Everything changed for me when I was a kid, when my dad became sick. You might remember a few years ago that my parents actually were able to share here at Bushlands. Uh, the week of mine and Paige's wedding, they came. It was probably the last people with a funny accent to speak up here. They came and shared uh, their incredible story of how my dad was healed from terminal cancer. He was given five to eight weeks left to live by the top oncologist at University College London Hospital. And we believe that our God was not giving my dad five to eight weeks left to live. We prayed, we fasted, we did everything we knew what to do. And he is alive today, fully healthy and completely like, you know, recovered, healed miraculously from it. Yeah. And I know I speak that into a room that has experienced miracles himself. I know with Pastor Jeff and Melissa's story of healing from cancer. And there are so many stories of God doing these things. But what happened to me when I saw this was I had a dream. My dream as a kid was to be a car designer, to get married, to have some kids, and to you know, just design and engineer cars for the rest of my life. If you looked in my school books, whatever subject it was, math, English, science, there was the work I was supposed to do. But bigger than that was a bunch of drawings of cars that I was gonna make one day. That's all I cared about. If you asked me what I wanted to do, that's all I cared about. God wasn't really in my life plan. He wasn't really in my future. Then suddenly I witness a miracle. I witness a life-changing miracle. And all of a sudden I realize I've got to change my plan. All of a sudden I realize the God that I've been taught about since I was a kid, he's real. He's real and he's working today. They didn't stop doing miracles after Jesus left. They were just getting started. And I saw it in my life. 
My family didn't go looking for trouble, but trouble came to us in the form of cancer and God rescued us. Was I gonna spend the rest of my life drawing pictures of cars? No way. I had a transformation. I had a tipping point in my heart that said, I don't care what I do or where I go. I have to tell people that God is real. I can't let them know that it's fake. I can't let them think this is just a tradition. He's real, he's real, he's real. If I would liken it to a story in the Bible, I would say it was, for me, the moment where Jesus came up to Peter and his brother and he saw them in the boat doing their thing, going about their business. And he said, come with me and I'm gonna make you fishers of men. I had my plan sorted. I had my ideas sorted. And Jesus came and said, come and work for me. Come and work with me. And I didn't feel like I was necessarily qualified. I didn't feel like I was necessarily trained, but I knew I was willing and I knew I had a story. And so I went for it. I tore up my applications for college and I, dis- I, I joined a punk band, believe it or not. See, I told, you I, I told you I have a history. I wasn't a gang member, but I was, a punk, I was in a punk band. It was a Christian punk band. And we used to, you know, tour around the UK, playing shows in bars, clubs, pubs, whatever kind of place would have us. We would go and speak of the goodness of God. We would go and say our so through the medium of blast beats and chugging guitars. We would go and reach people that would never set foot in a church. And we did it because we wanted to reach out to people. As Tommy said, we wanted to get out the four walls and we wanted to go somewhere else and do it. You know, there were three people in my high school who didn't go to college. One became pregnant, the other became a tattoo artist, and then I went to join a a punk band to share the love of Jesus. You know, it didn't, I wasn't in good company about the people who decided not to go to further education. It didn't look good, but my parents let me do it and my God opened doors for me. I spent the next few years of my life going for it with God, taking any opportunity I could to share, whether it was in that band or whether it was working in schools or anything like that. All I wanted to do was speak of the goodness of God. And it was working and it was good. And I let my other dreams kind of like fall to the ground. But a few years in, I started to feel a challenge. I started to feel kind of a pain and, a, and you know, just this thing creeping into my life. And it was this, that my friends who went to college, they'd got good jobs. My friends who went to college, they'd, a lot of them had met the people that they were going to settle down with and live with. They were driving these nice cars that maybe I could have designed for them one day. They were living the lives that I was set to live. And I was there working any kind of job that I could get that would keep me flexible to stay on the mission field. As single as you could be, living nothing like the dream I had as a kid. And I said to God, God, did I make the wrong decision? Could I have said my so while doing the other things? And I could have. It would have been no less valid. I'm not saying that people here should give up their plans. But God had invited me into a story that was set out for me. And one day in a time of trouble, I went out and I opened my Bible. I was taking a walk around a a park in London and I sat down and I opened Hebrews 11. And I'd read this scripture a ton of times as well. It usually takes me about 10 times to read something until I understand it. And I read Hebrews 11 and I saw the story where it says that Moses and Abraham and Noah and David and all the patriarchs, all the people from the Old Testament, they followed God and they set their face towards a city whose maker and builder was God. They didn't live the life that was set out for them by their peers. They lived the life that was set out for them for God. And the scripture says that all of these people died on their journey of doing what God had told them to do. They didn't see the promised land. They didn't see everything come to fruition that they'd hoped for. But they were now counted among a cloud of witnesses. 
that was looking for citizenship in a place whose maker and builder is God. And I read this story and it was like instant relief in my heart. I was like, God, I might not have the things that other people have, but man, I know I've got a passport for a city whose maker and builder is God. I know I've been investing and putting bricks into that city. I know that there's a room for me in my father's house. And I know you're proud of me, even though I don't necessarily have everything to show for it. And on that day, I had my second tipping point as a follower of Jesus, where I said, I'm all in. In England, we have a saying, in for a penny, in for a pound, which means, you know, if you're going in for a little bit, you may as well give your everything. And I went that day in for a penny, in for a pound. And I signed up all over again to live for God. And he transformed me. If I was to liken that moment to a story in the Bible, I would liken it to Peter's second time where he was invited out of a boat. He'd already said yes to following Jesus. He'd already been on the mission field, quote unquote. But this time he was in a boat, in a storm, having a bit of a rotten time. And suddenly Jesus comes walking on the water in front of him. And the invitation comes to him again, come to me. And Peter, the wild one of all the disciples, he gets out of the boat and he walks to Jesus. And that was my second moment. That was me getting out the boat again and walking on water. And I want to tell you that not every, you know, fleshly desire of my heart has come true in a way that I'd always need it to. But after that moment, I kept on going to the mission field. New doors opened up to new nations. Teams where I'd just been a team member now opened up for me to run the trips. I got involved in missions to a level that I hadn't done before. And while doing that, I met a beautiful girl who had spent the first part of her life doing exactly the same thing that I'd been doing. You know, I didn't have a lot of things to be able to present to Tommy the day that he tricked me into eating mountain oysters. You know, I don't have a a nice house somewhere. I didn't have this or that or many credits to my name or whatever. But he could see my heart that matched the heart of his daughter. And I'm blessed that I probably married into the only family in the world that would have me, which brought me here, which is why I'm here today. But I just want to speak of God's goodness in all of it. And I just want to say that whatever your story is, if you are the redeemed, speak out. If you are the redeemed, then you're invited out of the boat to join the family business of God today. Remember who your boss is. He is kind, he is patient, and he did not hire you for your good looks or your talents. He hired you because he loves you. He hired you because he made you and formed you in your mother's womb. And even though we struggle to believe in ourselves, somehow he believes in us far beyond what we could ever see and far beyond even what our earthly parents might see in us. You guys here today are so, so qualified to do the job of sharing your story. A, because you're you and no one else has your story. B, because you're redeemed. And your story only has to be about the redeemer. It doesn't have to be about anything else. I'm confident that God's gonna use us. I'm confident that God's gonna do astounding things through the church at Bushland as he already is. And as we've already seen in this last season, even since COVID took place. You know, a lot of communities have fallen apart through COVID. This place grew. This place got bigger. What's going on there? Maybe God's at work and doing something. Tommy asked me to just pray a blessing over the church as well as I kind of wrap up my story here. So I just want to pray over you this morning and then I'm going to hand back to Tommy. But Father God, we just thank you that you are the redeemer of our souls, that you're the redeemer and we're the redeemed and you're not interested in making it any other way. You are proud of us. You believe in us. And I believe today, God, that you're inviting us as a community to get out of the boat. You're inviting us to the tipping point of faith. I know it's uncomfortable, Lord, 
we know it's difficult. We know that you're not supposed to walk on water. But man, if you can do it, then surely you're asking us to do it as well. So we're following you, Jesus. So I just pray that today, Lord, that you would help us in our hearts to tip out of the boat and get into that walking on water faith place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can y'all thank Josh for sharing? I love you, bro. I want you just to stand as we move to a time of response. I want to give you a moment there. I said in the message, sometimes the one that needs to hear you say so is yourself. We got to preach to our own soul first. Start in Psalm 103. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord, O my soul. In all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And listen, forget not all his benefits. Here's what we preach to our soul. Because I've been forgiven of all my sins. His blood heals all my diseases. He's redeemed me from the pit. He's crowned me with love and compassion. And he satisfies my desire with good things so that my youth will be renewed like the eagles. Is anybody ready to preach to your own soul? Amen. I want you just to close your eyes just where you are. There's gonna be some ministry teams here. This morning, maybe you came and you've never given your heart to Jesus. Well, the Redeemer says, come. And the redeemed begins when you say yes. And so if you've never said yes to Jesus, there's gonna be couples here that you can come down and you can just say, I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. This altar is open. Maybe there's someone that God's put on your heart. You just need the faith and courage just to take this message of the Redeemer, you being a part of a son and daughter, the redeemed to say so, and just say this week, Lord, as I come across them, let me text them, let me call them, let me go visit them. Let me be a part of their yes, God, because you said yes. And so, Lord, I just believe as the word has went out in this place today, our hearts have been impacted, but there's gonna be several other outside the walls today because we're gonna be the redeemed who leave this place and we're gonna say so. So we love you and we bless you and we're thankful that we get to be your kids in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You respond as you need to. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.